Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. Aren't you thankful for his presence? Amen. Are you ready for the Bible? Yes. All right. I'm going to open up this morning with Proverbs 4, 23, and that says, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Let's pray. Lord, we love you and we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your word. And today our hearts are open to receive. Lord, everyone under the sound of my voice, everyone who's watching online, anyone who's listening to the podcast, Lord Jesus, would you speak to each one of us? Lord, I pray for the empowerment, the leading of your spirit, Lord, that what's in your word and in your heart will be imparted. We thank you, Lord God, for your word that has power and authority. And we just say today, we believe your word, we practice your word, and we know, God, that you are the difference maker in our lives. It is our honor to serve you, to know you, and to follow you. And we just give you, Holy Spirit, our attention right now in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're in this short uh, series, I was about to say short story, short series called Guard Your Heart. You know, God is after your heart. Amen? Amen. God is, he's not looking for control because he's actually got all the power that he needs. Um, He is not looking for robots. If he needed robots, he could just make robots and they would do exactly what he wants, right? Um, If you, he is after your heart because God wants to be in communion with you. He is looking for something that is real, uh, like an honoring relationship, not just some outward conformity, but something that is true in your heart. Amen. And so in Proverbs 4, 23, it says above all else, I don't know about you. It sounds kind of important above all else, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Your heart is a critical component of your inner being, of your makeup. Out of your heart flows your attitude. Out of your heart flows your outlook on life. Out of your heart flows the love that you're able to have for others around you. And in this series of Guard Your Heart, I've got four statements, four Guard Your Heart statements. Um, The first week that we did two weeks ago, I did two of the statements. The first one we did was Guard Your Hearts from the Control of Sin. And everybody was like, yeah, go for it. They were so excited. Um, And um, thank you for those cards and letters. I appreciate that. Um, The second one was Guard Your Heart from the Contamination of criticalness. We all know that having a critical attitude, critical spirit is bad for us, right? Today, our guard your heart, and I'll give you a little prelude of what next week is, but today we're going to say guard our hearts from the poison of unforgiveness. Would you say this with me? The poison of unforgiveness unforgiveness. And um, next week, just to give you, you know, kind of like a sneak peek, right? We're going to talk about we guard our hearts from the lie of hopelessness. Talk about hopelessness and the power of depression and those things next week. And God is just going to give some folks some victory. Amen. But this week, guard our hearts from the poison of unforgiveness. How many of y'all like to be right? See those hands out there. Those of you who didn't put up your hands, we're just going to pray. You know, lying is one of the 10. Um, 
Being right feels good, right? I like being right. It feels right when I'm right, you know? I feel justified. Uh, I admit it, um, when we feel right, we feel uh, a little better than others, right? Just like a little superior. And yep, the love of being right is pride, and pride is the root of sin. You knew I was going to go there, right? Um, when, we, when we've been wronged, and we know that we are right, and we like the part of at least being right, and holding on to forget unforgiveness is one way that we hold on to being right. It's kind of our way of saying, they wronged me, and that inner voice goes, you're right. They, they shouldn't have done that, said that, treated me that way. And you're, that little inner voice goes, you're right, they're wrong. But what I would ask is like, how is living in that place of being right working for you, right? Is it life-giving? Um, how, is, how is your soul? Um, the reality is it's toxic. It's poison for our soul. Noah, will you come up and help me for just a moment? Everybody say, hi, Noah. Hi. Noah's a good man. Noah's going to put his, his arm, his, grab my shoulder there, and I need you to give me a nice, ugly look. Like, you are right, and I'm wrong, and I have wronged you, right? The, <laughs> this man has been trained in drama, as you can tell. <laughs> Not kidding. It's good. He's got it. This is what it's like. Now, I need a good stiff arm. Grab my shoulder. Like, like when you feel like you're right, you feel like you've got something on someone, right? And you feel that kind of thing and that justification and you just feel that, oh, right? But what we don't know is when we are grabbing onto that unforgiveness and grabbing onto that situation, um, what's actually happening is unforgiveness has got two arms on us. You know what I'm talking about? We think that we've got the control and the reality is, unforgiveness has the control over us. We all thank Noah for me. Fantastic. You're hired, Noah. You're the guy that we're just going to call upon at any moment, at any time. So you got to be ready. He's like, oh, I'm going to have to pick out outfits now. You look great, man. You look great. Um, forgiveness, when we forgive someone, it doesn't make the wrong thing they did right. Y'all hear that? When you extend true forgiveness, it doesn't mean that what they did is right. Forgiveness releases the power that that wrong has on you. And forgiveness releases the person from your perceived power that you have over them. Can I say that to you again? Forgiveness releases you from the perceived power that you think you have over them when you're in unforgiveness. But you don't really have power over them when you have unforgiveness in your heart. I mean, let's be honest. 90% of the time, they don't care. Honestly. 90% of the time, they're probably unaware. You're like, well, they should know. Okay, okay, they should know. Relax. Release some of that unforgiveness. They should know, but the reality is most of the time, it's not the power it has over them, it's the power that it has over you. And if you're honest, whenever you are holding something against someone else, it has power 
over you, just like we saw with me and Noah. We, we delude ourselves into thinking that holding a grudge gives us power, but the grudge has power over us. Hebrews 12, verse 14 and 15 says this, make every effort. Would y'all say every effort? That sounds like a lot of effort to me. Um, Make every effort to live at peace. Oh no. With everyone. And to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. It's such a very powerful couple of verses there. Every effort. You know, this doesn't have to do with just um, our relationships outside of our home. This has to do with us as husbands and wives, um, children and parents, you know, both ways, right? Make every effort to live in peace. What's interesting is it doesn't say to live at peace. It says to live within peace. Notice that little distinction. Like you're living in a place of actual peace with one, with who? With everyone, right? And to be holy, you, you, we're, we're called to be holy. We're called to be set apart. And when I was describing uh, before the message today, this blessing that we have to have the presence of God in our homes, you know, our homes, there's, there's a set apartness. That's what holy means, to be set apart or to be sacred so that God's presence is in our home. Oh, what a blessing, amen? And we are called to be those people. It says, don't fall short of the gift of God or the grace of God and see to it that no bitter root grows up in you because what happens is that thing wants to grow. The thing, we think we can compartmentalize uh, our our unforgiveness. We can um, compartmentalize a grudge, but the reality is that sucker's gonna grow. It's gonna grow. And Bitterness, what it does is, is it, cause, it, it will cause trouble. Bitterness will defile many. And, and uh, it will have unintended consequences in our heart, but it will also have unintended consequences in the lives of people around us because unforgiveness will hurt others. Amen. Matthew 18, verse 21 says this, Then Peter came to Jesus, and he asked, Oh, Peter, these questions. Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? You can see what Peter's doing here, right? Like, give me a number, because I got a guy who's sinned against me eight times, and I just need a little release to hold on to just a little grudge, Jesus. Verse 22, Jesus said, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Do y'all think that Jesus meant 77 times? No, he meant infinity, right? But he was just breaking it easy to Peter. It doesn't mean on the 78th time, you're like, great, now I got it. So then Jesus is going to go into this parable. And as I tell this parable uh, and read it from scripture, will you just let your mind kind of paint the picture of this parable? Verse 23, therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began to settle them, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. I don't know what 10,000 bags of gold was worth then, but it was a lot. And 10,000 bags of gold is worth a lot today. We all agree. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to pay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. 
The servant's master took pity on him and canceled the debt and let him go. But when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Noah, no, just kidding. Um, <laughs> he grabbed him. You know who was getting choked in that scenario. He grabbed him and he began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell at his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and he had the man thrown into prison until he could repay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. If there was background music, it would be dun, dun, dun. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt and yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my father will treat you unless you forgive your brother and sister. Oh man, here it is. From your heart. Would you all say from your heart? I love parables because parables are this way that Jesus would, would make a really profound statement, this kind of, you know, very, and it was very overstated, right? How much 10,000 bags of gold. I don't even know how you could get in that much debt, right? Back, back in that time, 10,000 bags of gold of debt, and it was forgiven, right? And how much does the, does the, 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 the servant owe the other servant? A hundred pieces of silver. And you see this, this very pronounced difference of how much mercy. And of course, who, who is the master? The master is God, right? And the way we're supposed to see this is that each of us have 10,000 bags of gold of debt when it comes to our sin, when it comes to our lives, when it comes to the things that we need forgiven in our lives. Am I talking to the right people? We all need forgiven. Romans, we've all fallen short. There's none who is righteous. There is none who is good. We didn't come to Jesus because we're so good. We came to Jesus because he's so good, right? And he's a merciful God. And he has shown you and he has shown me this amazing amount of, of, of mercy. We can't even calculate how much mercy that he's shown because there's stuff that we don't even realize he's forgiven us from. Amen? We have been the benefactors of such a great mercy from the Lord. And the thing is, is when we have an unforgiveness in our heart, when we see something that we've been treated wrong, it's so hard for us not sometimes to just hold on to that. And some of the things that we're holding on to, you are absolutely right. But it has you. It has a hold of you. And I would challenge you today, why, why can't you show mercy, right? Is there, a re, is there a reason that you can't let it go? For some of us, we feel like if we let it go, it makes it right. That's just not right. 
That's not how that works. There actually should be something in our heart that wants them to receive mercy just like you and I have received mercy. Yeah, but they don't even know that they've done wrong or they don't even, they don't even, you know what? We're all in the dark on some things. Well, they should know better. You're probably right. But how's it working for you to hold on to that thing? And some of us have stories in our lives where uh, the mistreatment and the, the, the things that have happened to us are just so um, really just absolutely terrible and wrong. And you're right. And God is not calling that thing right. He's saying that your heart matters to him. And he doesn't want that your heart to hold on to that thing. Even in this story, what happened to the man who is the servant is he lost track of how forgiven he was. And I think one of the keys for us to be able to extend forgiveness to people who don't deserve it, that's the very nature of mercy, right? The very nature of mercy is they don't receive, they don't deserve it. But how much mercy did he receive that he did not, that he, he lost track of his thankfulness for the mercy that he had received? What if every time we decided I'm not going to forgive, the Lord's like, okay, here we go. Then you're going to take that portion on you. And the reality is what God says is, if you can't forgive others, then I'm not going to forgive you. Those are really strong words in scripture. The reason that they're there is because the amount of mercy that he has shown us is so great, is so great. Now, some of us are saying, Pastor Mike, I want to forgive. I don't know how. And I, I'm going to talk to that in just a little, in, in a little moment here. Uh, but I want to dig a little bit deeper before we get there. Is that all right? Yeah. You're like, wow, you're like all over my toes. Well, I love you. And this scripture is just as much for me as it is for you. Amen? Amen. Matthew 18, 15 says this. If your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault. Now, if you got excited about that, this verse is not for you. <laughs> That's not what this is talking about. Just saying. <laughs> You're like, ooh, I like this one. I don't know. Deeper. <laughs> if your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault. Just between the two of you. You're already a little deflated, right? If they listen to you, you have won them over. But if they will not listen, take one or two others along so that in every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If they still refuse to listen, Tell it to the church. And if they refuse to listen to the church, treat them as if you would um, a pagan or a tax collector. Now, this scripture, you know, really kind of scales up for, you know, very significant sins and things like that. But there's, a, there's this principle right there about this command to go to those who have sinned against us. Now, for some of us who are not confrontation-oriented, uh, you're thinking, that is like the last thing in the world that I would ever want to do. The reality is most of us don't have the courage to have the conversation when we're offended. Some of us do. Some of us are really good at it, right? Um, maybe you don't like conflict or uh, most of the time it's the reason that we won't have the conflict is because we actually don't think it will do any good. I want to say that again. A lot of times the reason we won't go to the person, the reason we won't bring up the offense the reason we won't have the conflict is we actually don't think it will do any good. 
It won't change anything. So what we do then is we choose to kind of live with the awkwardness or sometimes it, it spirals and it ends up being that we stop talking to the person. We're like, well, that settles it. Now there's no relationship. That'll be real comfortable when we go to heaven, right? <laughs> Good luck with that. Um, if you're, you know, assuming some things. We decide, you know, when we decide not to deal with it, what we end up doing is we let the fungus grow. We let the mold grow in the dark and fester, and it festers in our heart. And a few years ago, God really convicted me uh, of this, um, where there was a situation and I, I wasn't dealing with it head on. And what I told myself is, I'm being patient. That's what I told myself. I'm just being patient. I know things are weird. I'm not even sure what's wrong, but there's something that's wrong. I'm just being patient. And um, that relationship ended up really breaking down. And, um, and I was going to the Lord. I'm like, God, you know, this thing is a mess. I was being patient. And what the Lord, the Holy Spirit spoke to me is he said to me, Mike, you don't trust my process. And I began to think about that and pray about that. And I knew what he was talking about. You did not go to them when you knew something wasn't right. And I said, I didn't. And the Lord said, you don't trust my process. And then he, what he began to show me is he says, and you don't see me as being part of the process. You didn't have faith that the process was work because you saw them and you saw you and you just didn't think it was going to do any good. And, and the Lord's like, well, what about me? What about me being part of that process? What about the fact that that process is in my word and I gave you that process? You could trust my word and you can trust me. And maybe, just maybe, I could do more than you expect. But see, I was looking at the person, of course, because, you know, I'm good. I'm good. You know, so I'm not the problem. I'm sure you've experienced the same. Um, and I'm just looking at them going, I just don't have faith in them. And the Lord was like, I don't want you to have faith in them. I want you to have faith in me. Boy, it was really challenging. Um, and, you know, let's think about God's word here. What does it say? It says, if someone offends you, talk to them about it. When you think about that, you're like, that is probably the most basic, simple, common sense thing I've ever heard. And yet we look at it, we're like, oh, I don't know. Talk to them about it? I don't know. Right? I mean, it really is so straightforward. Um, now, I want, want to say, we have to have wisdom when we talk to someone. We need the Holy Spirit's wisdom when we talk to someone, all of those kind of things. There are some situations with safety and things like that that we need to take account of. Uh, I'm not talking about some of those situations necessarily. I'm talking about the basic word. Somebody does something against you, you talk to them about it. Um, I would encourage you to have the courage to talk to someone who has offended you uh, and pray and ask the Lord, like, how do I have that conversation? How do I go about it? And what it'll often do in our hearts, it will challenge us to start to extend that forgiveness before we ever have the conversation, which is good for us, isn't it? And it's amazing how when you have that conversation, if you've already started to do the work in your heart, sometimes the edge comes off of even you. So that when you start in with you, it's not you, it's when you, it made me. You know what I'm talking about? God can actually begin that work. Ephesians 4 verse 20, 32, Ephesians 4 32 says this, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as it, in 
Christ God forgave you. What's fascinating is, you know, this scripture is written to the church. We're the church gathered here right now, right? And so it kind of assumed that we would need to forgive each other. Why? Because we're not completely fixed yet. Like, we're all works in progress. And the reality is, scripturally, we really need each other, right? And God knows that we need each other. He knows that we're going to have to forgive each other. But it's so much easier to begin to walk in forgiveness when you recognize how much you have been forgiven. 10,000 bags of gold worth that I have been forgiven. I think that starting place is so important. So what if unforgiveness has a grip on you? What do we do? Um, you would say like, I, I want to forgive them. I, well, I know I should want to forgive them wherever you are on the gamut, right? The first, I, I've just got two very simple things for you. Number one, pray for them. I remember talking to a, a divorce man years ago and he had a, a lot of bitterness towards his ex-wife, a lot of bitterness. And we're sitting, having lunch one day, and I said, you need to forgive them. And he looked at me like I had three heads. He said, you got to be crazy. Do you know what that woman has done to me? It's like, please don't give me the list right now. <laughs> I said, you need to forgive them. And you know, we talked about the word. He's like, yeah, I have no idea how to do that. And I said, the very first thing you need to do is you need to start praying for them. And uh, we'll say his, his wife was named Sally, right? And so months later, he came back to me and he said, Pastor Mike, he says, I did not think it was possible. I said, what? He said, I forgave Sally. I said, really? He said, yeah, I started to do, he said, I started praying for them and I, her. And I got to tell you, when I first did, started praying for her, I would be saying my prayers. And at the end, it would sound like this. God bless Sally. And that was it. He says, that's all I could get out. God bless Sally. He says, but don't you know that as I kept praying, I started praying with her for my heart. I actually wanted God to bless her. He says, I didn't even think that was possible. Something began to grow in his heart towards the person who had hurt them and they'd hurt one another so much. Some of us, you know, we have those stories where we have really damaged one another and we recognize that there's this damage to one another. And you know what? You don't need them to make a move for you to forgive them. You don't need them to, to, to do something different for forgiveness to work in your heart. You're not held hostage by where they are, what they think, or even what they're doing right now. You're not held hostage by that because you are the Lord's. Amen? Amen. The second thing is... I just encourage you to pray the cheating prayer. God, help me to forgive them. Because you, you see, God is not going to ask you to do something. Certainly God is not going to expect you to do something that he will not empower you to do because he's a good father. Now, he will ask you to do things that you cannot do in your own strength. But he will not leave you high and dry, but he will empower you. He will do something in your heart. And if you are committed to offer forgiveness and you want it to be re real in your heart, God is going to help you because he would never call you to do something that, that he will not empower you to do. For some of us, the, the, the track of forgiveness is kind of like a deeper and deeper thing. You know, at first, in, in the beginning, it was kind of like, you know, you would hear that name and your gut would go, Ugh, you know, and you just kind of like have that initial reaction. You're like, oh, sorry, nothing, it's something I ate, right? Um, 
But over time, what happens is you begin to start to offer forgiveness and then you'll actually find there's a deeper place in your heart where you have not released them. And God was saying, I just want to go a little bit deeper and I want you to release a little bit more forgiveness. I want to reiterate something to you. The forgiveness is for you. Do you hear that today? It does not have the power that you think it does. It is like poison. Forgiveness is the, it, unforgiveness is the poison we drink thinking it's going to kill them. And we got to get it out of our system because it is toxic to our system. It is hurting us. Some of us have told ourselves the lie that it, that unforgiveness keeps me safe from them. No, boundaries keep you safe, not unforgiveness. They're two different things. But I, I just want to plead with you today. If there's an area in your, in your life where there is somebody that you have not forgiven, and it's hardest, I think, when the person is right in front of you or around you and they're still perpetuating it, right? Isn't that the hardest? But I don't see in the word where we get off that, on that one, right? There is the, for, the forgiveness is something that God has asked. And so I would just ask you today, would you make a commitment to release that person today? Would you at least make the commitment that even if you don't have it in your heart to release today, but I'm going to say because we're preaching this word today and because I know the Lord is here today, if you will grab a hold of it, I think God will fast forward your journey of unforgiveness into forgiveness. Because there's something about when we respond to what God is speaking about. For some of us, we're walking in the room with like, was he with me this week? Did he? And I'm, I wasn't. I was in Florida. And, uh, but maybe the Holy Spirit has brought something to your heart and the Holy Spirit desperately wants to release you from something. I want to tell you the forgiveness is for you. Would you say the forgiveness is for me? It's not just for them. Releasing the power that it has over them. You know, in the parable today, we talked about how the 10,000 bags of gold that the first servant was forgiven. And I just, I want to ask today, um, before we pray about those we need to forgive, have you received God's forgiveness in your life? God is so generous with forgiveness. And it's not that he's unjust. Jesus paid the price for our forgiveness. God is just. Have you received the complete forgiveness that he has for you? For some of us, we even need to forgive ourselves. Maybe you've asked God to forgive you, but you're still holding it over yourself. And I would say, how dare you hold something over yourself that he's not holding against you? He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He has the authority. And when he says you're forgiven, you are forgiven. What it says in Psalm 103 verse 12 is as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our sin from us. For some of us are like, I'll forgive, but I won't forget. That's not godly. That's not God's heart. What God says about your sin is that he takes your sin and he removes it as far as the east is from the west. It's like he's not, it's like the, the slate is so clean. Sometimes we'll go to the Lord and say, oh, but I remember when. And he's like, what are you talking about? I forgave that a long time ago. I don't know what we're talking about. I took the guilt. I took the shame. 
I took that away from your life. I just want to, you know, one of the most beautiful things that we get to do in the Christian faith is ask Jesus to forgive us. And I don't know about you, but I'm still asking him for forgiveness. I'm not perfect, make mistakes, I have wrong thoughts, I have wrong attitudes. I'm so thankful for the gift of repentance and being able to say, God, forgive me. I just want to ask, hey, have you given your heart completely to him? Have you given him your allegiance and said, I want you to be my God and I want to follow after you? You know, today, if you have not received Jesus in your life as like your 100% God, I just want to encourage you to make it today, February 18th, 2024, just to say that this is the day that I said to Jesus, I am all yours. Um, You can receive Christ in your life. You can receive what he has from you. You can turn from sin and uh, he will walk with you. You're not going to be perfect, but you will be his project and he's going to work with you. Romans 10, 9 says this, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. If you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it's with your heart that you believe. And it is with, um, and it was with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. And I just, it's so important that each of us have that time in our life where we go from believing in him to professing our faith in him and saying, God, you are my God. Would you stand with me today? Today, if you're in a place where you want to make a decision about Jesus, uh, I want to pray with you before you leave here today. Um, I'm going to invite the prayer team to come up. Um, If you're online and you're like, I I need to make a decision for Jesus or I need to pray with someone, you can go to victorychristian.church and click on next steps. Um, and we'll reach out to you uh, this week and talk with you. I want to pray with you because what I brought up today was a very serious subject, this thing of unforgiveness. And we're going to do a little bit of business with God together, okay? What we're going to do is we're just going to pray. I'm going to pray out loud, but uh, you can go off script and just start talking to the Lord about whatever he's dealing with in your heart. We're just going to let this be kind of a holy moment. And God is not afraid of your unforgiveness. He's not afraid of what's in your heart. He is coming to rescue you from it. Amen. And we're just going to do a little bit of business with God. And when I'm done praying today. Um, If you would like to receive prayer about anything that's going on in your life, we've got our prayer team up here. I'll be up here to pray and uh, we won't be done when I say amen. You can still receive prayer. Amen. All right, let's just do some business with the Lord. Father, oh, we love you today. And God, as we begin to pray, we recognize God that all of us have 10,000 bags of gold that you have forgiven. And we say, thank you for your mercy and thank you for your love. Thank you, Lord, that you tore up the debt. You got rid of it. You're not holding it over our heads. You're not trying to to put that pressure on us, but God, you're trying to release us from it. And God, today, for those of us who we feel a conviction about unforgiveness in our life, God, would you have mercy on us today? First of all, forgive us for not forgiving. And we cry out for your help today. 
God, for some of us, there are very specific blocks. There are blockades, Lord God. There's some lies standing between us and forgiveness, some lies that if we let this go, fill in the blank. If I don't, if I forgive such and such, Lord, forgive us for that wrong thinking today. God, would you help us to be a people who forgive? You're not calling us to be unsafe. You're not calling us to be exploited, Lord, by others, but you are calling us to release that person. And in that act, we will be released as well. Oh God, help us to let go. Help us to love our enemy. Help us to love those who've injured us. Help us to have your attitude towards others. God, would you help us to be a people who forgive? We'd say today, God, we need your help. We can't do it alone. Help us to pray for that person. Help us to want good for that person. Help us, Lord Jesus, to truly release forgiveness. Lord, the mercy that is in your heart that you have shown us, would you just put drops of that mercy in our hearts that we would feel like you feel and let there be a great release in our lives. We speak forgiveness. Would you say that with me? Forgiveness. We speak forgiveness in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like to know how you can give, go to victorychristian.church.